that conflict? Who doesn't find themselves experiencing conflict at some point? Learn how you can turn conflict in your favor. That's right. There are ways to de-escalate conflict and win negotiations without being, well, a jerk. In Don't Take the Bait to Escalate, Jay Payleitner shares biblical insights on how to emerge from conflicts with stronger relationships on the job, with your neighbor, and yes, in your family. Loving your enemy starts with de-escalating conflict. Get Don't Take the Bait to Escalate and begin your journey to understanding and not fearing conflict. What do you think about when you hear the words uncomfortable conversations, especially with your kids? You might think about things like sex, identity, and war. But what about race and diversity? Sometimes this becomes uncomfortable because we don't know what to say and we don't want to offend. And that's why I'm thankful for Dr. Lucretia Carter-Berry. Dr. Berry says we live in a vibrant, colorful world, and though we enthusiastically teach our children the hues we find in nature and in the objects around us, we often find it difficult to teach them about the beauty of the different skin tones. Thankfully, she's created a resource to help parents do just that. Hues of You, an activity book for learning about the skin you're in, is filled with lively and bright, full-color illustrations. The book's drawing and writing activities are in these four sections, which I just love. They're hues of you, hues of your family, hues of your ancestor, and hues of your friends. And each page gives space for children to explore their identity in a variety of social contexts. Now, this might sound like an ad, but I really just wanted to share how much I love this resource and all the different parts of it. I haven't seen anything like this, and I'm so glad 
that um, Dr. Barry has created this resource for kids. So if you feel hesitant or unprepared to talk with your children about race and diversity, you need to listen in to today's broadcast. And as you will see from the conversation coming up, I got a little excited. Talk about going from uncomfortable conversations to comfortable I think I shared no less than probably 10 stories about my family, where they came from, diversity, where my daughter lives now. As you can see from our conversation, we just need to start. So before I welcome her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Lucretia Berry is the founder of Brunicity an agency dedicated to racial healing and anti-racism education. And she offers courses for kids and adults, which you'll hear about at the end of the broadcast. She's also the anti-race and curriculum specialist for Community School of Davidson in North Carolina. She's a contributor for Encourage. She's done a TED Talk X and been a speaker for that. And she's a member of Hope Writers. So you can find out more about her at Brownicity. And we're going to have all the links in the show notes. But I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Dr. Lucretia carter Barry. I am so excited on my show today to be talking about Hues of You with Dr. Lucretia carter Barry. This is an awesome book for kids and I can't wait to dig in. But first, welcome so much. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I'm honored that you were willing to um, hear my voice and share my voice. Thank you. Yes, I am so excited. Okay, so I have 10 kids. We still have five at home and I am so excited to do this activity book for them. So why don't you just explain a little bit about the activity book and then Mm -hmm. what really made you want to write this? Okay, great. So um, Hughes of You came as a result of um, lots of conversations that I was having with children. And um, one thing I, I realized is that, you know, children have so many questions pertaining to, you know, how we look, um, you know, why we have different skin tones, why our hair texture is different, why our eyes are different. Now, um, unfortunately, um, because we live in a racialized society, we have mm-hmm. attached meaning to how we look. And historically, that played a role, um, um, unfortunately. And so we still live in that today. And so oftentimes, you know, parents don't know, parents, teachers, caregivers don't really know how to, um, um, number one, um, talk to their children and answer those questions. So often times the uh the approach is one of colorblindness like pretending that um the children actually don't see differences and don't see color right i mean and we know that's not true and and when we pretend that there are no differences in how we look i mean isn't helpful and the children still have those questions um and then because of how children think then you know they create their own meanings which again can be shaped by what they are seeing in society. So um, what I found to be very helpful with in my family, my family is multi-ethnic. I am African-American. My husband is um, white American. And we knew that our multi-ethnic children would need uh, a particular uh, set of tools to navigate 
our racialized uh, society differently. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we did children growing up in very different areas and very different regions and very different social contexts. And so we were always, always very purposeful um, about them having language um, to um, be able to talk about how we look because in our family, there's five of us. Um, and we are all different. We're all different skin tones. And so we want to be able to talk about that. And, the, and, and then, of course, have the permission and the liberty to talk about, you know, our um, self-identity, um, you know, our divine identity and our social identity, um, how we, you know, how, how we are identified in our home. And then when we walk out the door, how a racialized society will see us and, and um kind of impose a social identity on us. Okay, so all of that is really complex. <laughs> but when children are asking their questions, they are really ne- just needing language. Like when you would when we tell them the leaf is green, you know, in the spring and then in the fall, um, I'm looking at my window at leaves. So that's why I'm using leaves. <laughs> then in the fall, leaves turn yellow and then turn brown. And so they assume, essentially just need an explanation. So um, fortunately, I was able to, um, I don't know, people trusted me with their children. So <laughs> from libraries, <laughs> libraries to churches, um, to classrooms, I would um, do a particular workshop where I'm giving them language um, and I'm giving them an understanding uh, understanding of how um, we have our, how our different skin tones came about, um, you know, very like bio- biological things that really um, give them that are more sustainable than, you know, an anecdote because, you know, I'm thinking I am not going to tell my child that, you know, mama was chocolate ice cream and daddy was, Right. Vanilla ice cream and take together we are they are vanilla chocolate swirl. Like that's cute, uh, but it really doesn't <laughs> help them um, you know, answer questions and, and it doesn't help their understanding. And so when I would go and read and talk about, you know, melanin and um the the geographic uh, origins of ancestors and the sun and the children would come alive. It was if someone opened a floodgate, you know, opened the gate and out flooded all of the questions that they've had all these years, but did not have the language or permission to talk about. And so then I'm thinking, okay, um, we're done. Thank you. And, you know, and you're welcome. And then the adults would turn to me and say, well, now what do I do? Like, I don't know where to take this. I don't know. Yeah, how I want to continue this conversation. Yeah. But I don't know how, what if I say the wrong thing and I am nervous? And so essentially what I did was I took all of the, the topics and the, the inquiries and the questions that the children asked me and I put them together in this activity book. And so it really helps. Like if it's a, if it's a child who can read, you know, and they're by themselves, this is the conversation. This is what they're wanting to talk about and understand. But if let's say they're doing this with an adult or if it's in a classroom setting, then the adult doesn't have to sweat or you yes. know, be nervous about, well, how, where do I take this and where do I, where do I go with this? It's all right there in the activity book. And so it's educational, um, but it also, you know, helps our children and adults, you know, embody an understanding that I believe we've been robbed of. 
and I, I love it so much because it's laid mm-hmm. out as an easy, very easy to follow workbook. <laughs> and so like you were just saying, like the words to know, skin tone, hue, pigment, mm-hmm. melanin. Mm-hmm. And then the next page is fill in the color wheel with hues of brown and mm-hmm. look at the each beautiful skin tone. Right. Um, and then you just go through and the child puts their name, their birthday, mm-hmm. their age. Um, you know, you have them trace their hands and color the hue that matches the back of their hand and then, um, you know, color the what color is the palm of your hand. And it's mm-hmm. so interactive mm-hmm. and it is so easy for kids to see. So even in our family, um, mm-hmm. we've adopted seven kids. We have mm-hmm. um, even our biological kids. We have one with the black hair, black eyes, mm-hmm. one with uh, reddish mm-hmm. brown hair and um, light brown eyes. And then the third mm-hmm. one came out. Both my husband and I have brown hair and brown eyes. My third right. one came out with blonde hair and greenish okay. blue eyes. And wow. So yeah. We're like, okay, I used to always say we had mm-hmm. Neapolitan ice cream because I had right. the child, you know, <laughs> but we were just joking. And those are like my biological, out of right. my brown hair and brown eyed husband. Mm-hmm. But then our adopted kids are from blonde hair, lightest mm-hmm. blue eyes. And then our older girls are Hispanic with black hair. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, this is so good for even our family. That's right. We could look and say, okay, let's all, let's line up our skin tone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's look at this and celebrate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how you were talking about, you know, it's not colorblind because we all Mm -hmm. notice color, but there Mm -hmm. are things we can celebrate. Like you talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, what, what part of the world the different people come from. I found out that my grandfather, part of his family is from Scotland. And that's why Mm. there's all this red hair keeps popping up (laughs) from Mm -hmm. our ancestry. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting. So I think once we can talk about these, this with Mm -hmm. our kids, have the common language, and then you go into hair. Mm -hmm. I have curly haired kids. I have straight haired Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a good thing that we can all talk about. That's right. That's right. And then we are not so afraid to talk about what people look like, because when we say mm-hmm. when we lead with colorblindness, we unintentionally create taboo around color or we unintentionally are communicating that color is bad. And then that, you know, again, backfires because I understand why people want to lead with colorblindness, but right. you're actually perpetuating the, you know, the uh, message um, in contrast, you know, the antithesis of where you're trying to go, um, which is, you know, to see everyone, you know, treated um, as, you know, creations of God. And so, yeah, I and, and when we get in a common understanding and common language, um, then you can have a more sophisticated conversation um, around race that is age appropriate for your children and, you know, in your social context where you live. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that you brought about like some places you might live and it might mean more mm-hmm. like when I grew up in California, there was mm-hmm. every ethnicity that went to my school from kindergarten right. up. Mm-hmm. I was very familiar. Then we moved to Montana. There was no ethnicity, <laughs> like, you know? And so we yeah. had to purposely make more conversations because our older right. kids, there was no ethnicity. In fact, my son mm-hmm. with the black hair and the black eyes, people mm-hmm. would say, you know, he had darker skin. He, the Hispanic side definitely come out in him. People would right. say, where are you from? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I grew up here. Well, like, I'm yeah. from Montana. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. we moved to Arkansas. And before mm. we moved to Arkansas 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, there's not that much racism. And that was 10 years ago before a lot of this was even Uh in the news. And and until I moved down here and I'm like, what? This is still such a prevalent thing. I was, my eyes were opened to it. I remember Mm -hmm. 
we went to a multi-ethnic church and um, one time the pastor said, if you've ever pulled over simply for your skin color, stand up. And mm-hmm. all these mostly men stood up, mm-hmm. uh, mostly dark-skinned men and mm-hmm. our deacons, our pastors, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're standing. Wow. And I was looking around going, this is really a thing today. Like mm-hmm. I was so, because growing up in California um, and I'm sure there was still some racism there. And <laughs> yeah. as a Hispanic white girl, I did not notice it as much. <laughs> right. But moving to Arkansas, mm-hmm. attending a multi-ethnic church, seeing like our, this is my deacon that I love so much. And just right. last year you were pulled over because of your color. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's so good that we could have these conversations yeah. and start our kids young right. so yeah. that they know how to have these conversations. Right. And, you know, Trisha, a lot of people say, well, we have to have uncomfortable conversations, but I'm thinking, I feel like people are already uncomfortable and let's get comfortable. Like let's have comfortable conversations. Like let's normalize it, right? Let's normalize it. Let's, let's make this education and this understanding normal, even understanding, you know, the history of race and racism in our country. I feel like the more people understand it, the less afraid they are um, of it. And when you're not afraid, then you can engage in creating solutions. But when you're afraid of it and you're shutting it down um, and you won't, you know, learn, um, then it, yeah, it's, it continues to be, you know, kind of an um, undefeatable monster, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. We can normalize learning and understanding language. You know, we can um, walk in our power to confront things and change things. Yeah. And I'd love how like this can be a starter point of a conversation, yep. but I want to mm-hmm. talk about other, other mm-hmm. things we can do because today, this month is black history month when we are actually mm-hmm. airing this. Um, mm-hmm. And the church I went to for many years when we were in a different community um, celebrated, they would have members mm-hmm. of the church um, doctors and lawyers mm-hmm. get up and tell mm-hmm. about their lives and then tell about someone mm-hmm. from history in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like this was someone in Arkansas that made a difference in mm-hmm. history. And I learned so much. I love right. it. And right. I think any church can do that. Um, right. We can do that as right. parents. Okay. It's black history mm-hmm. month. We just, as a family um, just read uh, George Washington Carver, his okay. um, mm-hmm. autobiography or biography about him. Mm-hmm. We, love him so much he was such an amazing (laughs) man we're like there's far more than just the peanut to George Washington Carver Mm -hmm, and we were driving back from I had I was speaking up in Kansas City and the kids were in the car with me and we drove through Diamond Mississippi I'm like Diamond Mississippi that's where George Washington Carver was born I'm like we have to go pull in to see what the town is and they're like mom okay so we I pulled off it was like a 30 (laughs) minute out of the way to actually get to the town but Mm -hmm. I'm like this is important look at George went to this grocery store, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. so cool. But because we had read the book, I read it out loud to the kids. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. We've done projects. We learned about his life. We got so excited when we're like, okay, this is where he was born. But mm-hmm. any parent can do that. So I would just love to hear about just ideas that you can have for us to just make it a celebration of Black history. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think, you know, it all starts with our mindset. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm all about fostering curiosity. I love that your church did that. And I think, you know, sometimes people are saying, you know, what can I do? The problem is so big. And I'm like, some stuff is easy, right? You don't have to necessarily attend, um, 
I mean, I mean, it would be great if our churches weren't, you know, still primarily racially segregated. Um, but you can do things like, yeah, bring in, you know, speakers and, mm-hmm. or even, you know, or uh, I say cultivate curiosity and understand that, um, like African-American history is American history. Yes. And so I would say, take ownership of it. Right. Trisha, like these are, they are, um, your American citizens. And mm-hmm. so their history and story is your history and story. And so if we could get people to, first of all, understand that the reason, you know, why there is a black history month is because, um, and other, you know, um, uh, history months or heritage months of yeah. um, of ethnic groups in, in the United States is because we haven't fully encompassed um, this kind of holistic story. Mm-hmm. And, and we can do that. We can encompass a holistic story. It doesn't make um, us um, any less <laughs> American. Um, but when we, when we embrace it, then yeah, we want to um, hold that story as our own, like, I love how you did that. Like you learned about George Washington Carver and then you kept digging and diving. You connected to his story. You hit mm-hmm. now his story is solely, you know, an American story for you and your family is connected um, to that. So yeah, you mentioned that your church had um, speakers where they presented, um, you know, yep. African-American Christians. That's, you know, that's an easy thing to do. Um, books. Um, you can always do books and movies, um, and a songs. lot of and yep. songs. Yes. <laughs> like my, let's see, what do we, my, um, I teach my high school students who are predominantly white. My, I mean, the children are white, but the school is predominantly white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all the way white. <laughs> anyway, I teach them, um, the African-American, um, national anthem, which is lift every voice and sing and the history mm. of that. Um, and, you know, in, in the context for that song, but, you know, these are things that you have access to. We just have to be willing to um, embrace our whole history um, and not, you know, continue to marginalize history. So, yes, music, books, all kinds of, of media, um, attending uh, events. Another easy thing to do is to, um, and this you do this all year round, is to find um, local uh, Black-owned businesses or Black-owned yeah. businesses nationally and support Black-owned businesses as much as possible. But those are all things that, you know, involve you um, shifting your mind and your dollars, which that's important. I love that. We had um, a friend that went to our church and he um, worked in a Black barbershop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lonnie, you cut white hair <laughs> he's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i could cut white hair i'm like i'm gonna yeah. come have you cut my yeah. hair and mm-hmm. i did now the looks i got when i walked in there <laughs> okay. and he's, he's like this is my friend trisha i'm cutting her hair and all the guys yeah. are like all right <laughs> but yes. i'm like why can't he cut my hair he could cut hair right That's it. and yeah. so um That's yeah right. I, I think it is so important just to just to not mm-hmm. keep the separation there like just step forward that's right. And when we learn how intentional the segregation was and still is, then we have to move with that much more intention to, you know, dismantle it. So some people just think, you know, racism and segregation was, you know, kind of arbitrary or, you know, of that time. But no, this was all, it was all written um, in law. It was all designed. It was all very purposeful. Yeah. And so if people can create 
you know, such a hot mess, right? Then we can create something glorious. Um, and we have to be more intentional um, than they were when they created the hot mess. <laughs> exactly. We live in Little Rock, which the Little Rock Nine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is. And so every year I take my kids to have a museum there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We tour the school. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want them to know this story. Mm-hmm. This is part of mm-hmm. our history. They need to know the story. They need to know what happened. Because when I moved to Little Rock, I had never heard of it. I had never wow. heard of it. I was a little, I'm like, I grew up in California, lived right. in Montana. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're like, I'm looking at museums. I'm like, what is this? What is mm-hmm. this about? How could I not know this? So I wanted my kids mm-hmm. to know these stories and to know that, you know, the, this is still happening. This is not mm-hmm. in history. And even one of my dearest friends, um, Jan Jeffrey, she is probably 73 now. <laughs> but anyway, she um, volunteered with me for many years. We mentored teen mom groups and she brought a picture of um, when she was I think six years old she was at the birthday party for her great-grandfather who was a freed slave isn't that something and she was Mm -hmm. at his 100th birthday party Mm -hmm. Um, and I said (laughs) Jan like we think growing up in school that this Mm -hmm. was a long Mm -hmm. long time ago I said can you please bring that picture and show Mm -hmm. all the young women in our meeting that this is not something that's so far back in history. Like we need to be aware of this. We need to share Mm -hmm. our stories. We Mm -hmm. need to let people know, um, just listen Mm -hmm. to people, just listen. Mm -hmm. What do you experience? What do you go through? What are Mm -hmm. the ups and downs? I mean, it just helps us to connect as humans. Yes. That, and you know, again, that's one of the things I, you know, tell my students that even though in chattel slavery, American chattel slavery started a long time ago, it didn't end a long time ago. And our nation has been, um, has spent most of its years in that kind of economic system, more, you know, more time with, um, in chattel and in chattel slavery and Jim Crow. It's like Mm -hmm. this whole, um, us, you know, not having (laughs) Jim Crow and chattel slavery, you know, that's a little new really. And I mean, and I tell my students, my, I'm not that old. My parents grew up during Jim Crow. So I was, you know, raised by people who grew up with that perspective of white people or and of the world. And then really my grandmother's grandmother was um, was enslaved. And I yeah, sometimes I'm blown away that still like your friend um, Jan Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. I have talked to people who when they were young, their grandparents were freed slaves. Yeah. My and so that and so they and but they had they knew they were having these conversations like they were old enough to hold on to the conversations um, that they had with their formerly enslaved grandparents. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's, it's not that long mm-hmm. ago, and I think it's so mm-hmm. important because I it's think. Not. You know, they say if you, you know, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat mm-hmm. it. Like we need right. to know yeah. this history. We need to know not to repeat it. And even mm-hmm. I'm Hispanic. Um, well, mm-hmm. half of Hispanic. My grandma's Hispanic. Her mm-hmm. parents were from Mexico, and they lived in okay. a boxcar. Like wow, they immigrated, and they lived uh-huh. in an actual boxcar. My grandma was raised in a mm-hmm. boxcar that they turned in into California. A house. <laughs> this is in California. California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's wow. not very long ago no. either, you know. And so I think we just need yeah. to share these stories mm-hmm. and that's right. Um, and let and let our kids know, you know, that right. this is our history, mm-hmm. but that's we right. can do things differently, and we can that's understand right. each other better, and we can listen to stories. Mm-hmm. So, which is again back to your book, why okay. I'm loving Hughes <laughs> yes. and you because it just opens the conversation. Right. I mean, your your kids are gonna fill out the activity book, and I mean, all the different stories from your family. That is incredible and amazing. And, you know, when, when I sat down and, you know, considered the design, I did talk to, I tried to talk to all kinds of families. So to make sure that our language and our approach was holistic, like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, you know, are adopted or are an adopting family, okay, does this, does this, the way we phrase things and worded things and the activities we chose, do they work for you? Um, And so, yeah, I tried to you know, imagine all the children that I had conversations with, like, okay, does it work for you? You're like of a mono-ethnic family, you know, you're of a multi-ethnic family, you are an adoptive family, you know, you are, you know, just going through your family, um, you're being raised by aunts, not by, you know, a mom and a dad. So um, we try to be as, you know, whole um, and, you know, think of as many people as possible. I hope that, um, if we, well, you know, if we did miss someone or we wrote something in a way that excluded someone, I hope they let me know so we can fix it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything I've read, I love it. Mm-hmm. You could just like check boxes mm-hmm. like my ancestors yeah. live close mm-hmm. to the equator, live far from mm-hmm. the equator, live mm-hmm. somewhere between hot and cold. And honestly, I've never seen before, which I love in this book, <laughs> there is a map that shows <laughs> the indigenous skin colors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never seen that before. That is mm-hmm. such a, which this is typical from this area, the indigenous skin yeah. colors. And I'm like, this is, I have never seen that anywhere before. And I just love that yeah. that's included in the book. So if you look like, okay, we have ancestors from this area. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is why my skin is so dark or so light or so that's right. middle, you know, in, in between. Middle. That's right. That's right. And it isn't that map came from, oh, let me not say the wrong Anyway, it's in the book where the map came from. So I didn't create okay, the let map. Me look real quick. Yeah, uh, it's in the book. But I okay. I do yeah. yeah, but I do want to say, yeah, so it's a yeah, it's it's general. So I you know, I would hate for someone to say, Well, my ancestors came from I think there was a particular um Eskimo group who has darker skin, but they are further away from the equator. Right. And so Right. So there, there would be some exploration there. Um, I am not the expert. Um, um, and um, however, it, in general, it is helpful and it gives children, it allows children to think beyond right, you know, right where they are, that they are, um, they're not, they don't exist in a ba- vacuum, that they are kind of this product of all of these stories, of all of these lived experiences of their the family that came before them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is so good which I love talking about all the time I'm so into my um ancestry and my grandpa was from <laughs> yeah. Mexico my grandpa was mm-hmm. from Scotland and Ireland <laughs> my kids wow. we, we have a castle in Scotland <laughs> I looked, what? and one of, <laughs> one of our ancestors had a castle Mm-hmm. And it was taken away by Mary, Queen of Scots, and, but it's still there. It's been mm-hmm. redone. Um, it's a mm-hmm. bed and breakfast. And so we're like, mm-hmm. someday we're going to go to Scotland and stay yeah. in our castle. <laughs> and and here's what's interesting. I tell you, in the when I'm talking to kids in the classroom, 
I feel like that's what they want to talk about the most is um, they're from royalty. So if, so yeah. I think it's hilarious <laughs> that in my little town in these classrooms that we have all of these descendants of royalty. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I love it. I'm like, we had a castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. I love it. But I love it. I love it too. I love it. I love it. We're like, okay, it, we're going to go with that. Yes. Well, because it connects us. Mm-hmm. It connects us. Um, it, 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 I mean, well, we're already connected, but it shows that we are connected and we're not like these, um, you know, kind of separate groups of people. It shows how we've migrated and moved around. I mean, so even, you know, your family might have a conversation about immigration because as I'm listening to you, I'm like, okay, how did the person from Scotland meet the person from Mexico? Like, I'm like, you know, and I'm like, ooh, what's (laughs) that sounds like a great story. And, um, but again, there's a conversation about immigration um, and how people move and why people move and, you know, who was, who had opportunity to move, you know, and, and maybe who didn't or what kind of opportunities. So it really fosters some deeper thinking um, that, you know, that children are ready for, uh, but oftentimes adults are a little shy about. And I think we just, once you start talking about it, then it's fun mm-hmm. and exciting mm-hmm. to discover mm-hmm. new things. Like I also mm-hmm. love culture, like talking about, well, who wears mm-hmm. a head or a hair covering or mm-hmm. you know, talking about the different cultures. And my son and mm-hmm. I, he's 20, one of my sons is 27. We were mm-hmm. just having this conversation because mm-hmm. uh, my grandma's family was from Mexico. And so, mm-hmm. but my grandpa's family, they, they came in like the 16 something to Pennsylvania. Like they were early, early settlers wow. that ended up in the Midwest and then right. California. And that's where my grandpa after World War II met my grandma, who was Hispanic. Um, wow. And so there's a little bit of that story. But mm-hmm. I was saying, when you look on my ancestry, it says I'm only 18% Mexican. Because it has okay. Spanish and it has uh-huh. Indian as like all these mm-hmm. other, you know, these explorers right. or people that went to Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. But my, well, my but back then, Mexico would have been California. Exactly. So it's not that anybody had to move, right? They were just, That's true. Mexico was, our, was California, right? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, we're good. Well, they were actually from Michoacan, Mexico, um, which was oh. central, central Mexico. Which my grandma always said. Her family's from Misha Khan. And then actually when we got the ancestry back, it says Misha Khan. It says it right there. Wow. That's how square. It was very Incredible. definite. There's this, a certain, they could trace it all the way back mm-hmm. to there. But mm-hmm. the cool thing is that even though like I'm only 18% his, mm-hmm. or Mexican, um, mm-hmm. my culture, because mm-hmm. my grandma was a Hispanic, my mm-hmm. mom, I'm making the enchiladas. I'm making mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah. I'm making all the yeah. Mexican food. All mm-hmm. the time we eat pozole mm-hmm. and all these Mexican dishes oh, because mm-hmm. even though genetically it's eighteen percent, mm-hmm. I was raised by a Hispanic grandma and mom. There you go. The culture right. is very much there. That's, so that's right. a whole new conversation mm-hmm. you could have. That's right. Like it's that's not right. just genetics. Um, now my that's kids, right. my youngest is as white as can be, blonde hair, blue eyes, and he's mm-hmm. getting Mexican, Mexican food a couple right. times a week. He's getting that's the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And that and that's something that we we um, we distinguish in Hughes of You that there's mm-hmm. a difference between nationality, right, and ethnicity, culture, and race. And oftentimes, um, you know, people kind of put them all together um, as one thing, but there are four different things, and they have four different kind of stories that you can unfold 
you know, the, you know, that nationality and race, ethnicity and culture are different. And so here you are having um, like a, a, a genealogy that points to um, heavily European, but your right. culture is Mexican. Exactly. So, exactly. And that's your lived experience, not your um, genealogy for the most part. I love that. Okay, just to throw this in before we wrap it up. We could talk about this all day. I know. This is why the book is awesome. I love it. (laughs) That's why I was so excited when I saw this interview. I'm like, yes, please, let's talk about this. So my daughter is a missionary in the Czech Republic. Ooh, okay. And she married a Czech, which is Central Mm -hmm. Europe, former communist. You're supposed to be part Mm -hmm. of formerly part of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Now she speaks fluent Czech. Her husband speaks fluent Czech. They're racing. Wow. They have a three-year-old and a three-month-old that are bilingual. Well, the three-month-old isn't yet. <laughs> so, oh. But the two-year-old definitely is bilingual already, Czech and English. Mm-hmm. Um, but my daughter was also mm-hmm. raised, you know, the Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's over in the Czech Republic wow. making Mexican food Mexican. for See? her daughter who is Czech. Mm-hmm. I, so, love yeah, I love that. And, and I love that. Yeah. But you, then your, but then your daughter and the granddaughter, right. will have the liberty to be able to embrace all of that, Mm -hmm. um, all of the complexities and, and our, um, and our nuanced stories, um, in Hughes of you, right? She's gonna write all that down in there so that exactly because because so, in the three, United but States, when she's writing, or we can yeah. help her. We can help her. Yeah, you help her. Book. Well, because you know, because in the United States, the way we use race, you know, someone may only want to to just identify her as white, but mm-hmm. she has so no. There's like no. There's Czech and and then the Mexican and Scotland. That's I love it, and we need space and permission. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to, um, yes, to talk about all of that and, and not have it just be, um, whittled down, whittled down and be given kind of like a, a meaning that it was never intended to have. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before we go, I do want to mention mm-hmm. Brennicity and I want yes. you to tell us a little bit about that mm-hmm. too. Oh my gosh. Well, Brownicity is, um, my organization or organization that I kind of co-founded with my husband um, and I get to lead it. <laughs> and our, our heart really is to um, foster education that that helps cultivate justice and belonging. And so we, we center a lot on um, racial healing, um, anti-racism, but from the perspective of education, because a lot of, because most of us don't get an education. We, we may get you know, uh, events that happen on the news. Maybe we get a, you know, a, a discussion group or a book club or something that like that. But um, a, a lot of people don't get exposure to like a professionally designed um, curriculum. And that's what we offer um, in, in Brownicity. We, we have a learning, um, what is it? Our, um, oh, our learning community membership. So for $10 a month, you can join our learning community. And then you have access to the courses that are within our learning community for $10 a month, or you can buy courses, um, just, you know, uh, uh, a la carte. And so for example, currently I know that there, there is a particular class who is using, um, one of our, uh, 
um, anti-racism education courses is called Foundations. And so it's like plug and play. So plug and play, and it's, you know, they're using it in the course and they're talking about how incredible an asset it is to have this understanding um, as as the course moves forward um, to um, to help the students grow in these other areas. So it, you know, so that's our, that's our, that's what we do. Um, Brownicity, uh, the funny name <laughs> comes from the word brown and brown represents melanin um, that mm-hmm. we all have. And then icity comes from ethnicity and ethnicity means that which we have in common. And so our tagline is we are many hues, but one humanity, you know, we're all hues of brown. And so really we are fueled by our, um, our passion, of course, from education, but also we just have, we, we have a heart for healing and we know that our society, our community um, can be whole. Um, um, education can help us be, be whole. And then we engage in um, activities and practices that bring wholeness to our communities. So that's Brownicity. I love it. And I love that the course is already there. If you're like, okay, right there. yes, I want to learn something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's right there. And we could, I love yeah. that they, there is, um, you have, I was looking at foundations right now and has, mm-hmm. it has the pre-course survey. I'm like, Ooh, oh. what that is. yeah. Do, how much oh, do I, I know? I'm, I'm going to realize how much I don't wow. know when I take the pre-course survey. That's great. <laughs> and then it has the yeah. brain and mm-hmm. belief bias. What is mm-hmm. racism, racism mm-hmm. and immigration? Oh, this looks mm-hmm. so good. I it's love it. So it is so very good. Let me tell you. And then we have, we have um, a course called let's learn about, for kids, and actually, I originally wrote Hughes of You to be um, to accompany our Let's Learn About course, um, but Hughes of You got picked up by a publisher, which was awesome. So um, I wasn't able to like couple it with the course. So the course is already there, and it's okay, called good. Let's Learn About. Yes, and so then when you get your Hughes of You, you can also get the course um, if you want. I think we're gonna do a. I think we are doing a. When you buy the book, you get a huge discount on the course. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Give me the information and we'll put it in the show notes for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And so they can just go to brownicity.com and they can mm-hmm. find all the information about the courses and they can mm-hmm. order, pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the book will be out actually by the time this, this airs so they can get the book yeah, and find out mm-hmm. all the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, is there any other places where people can connect with you online? Sure. I mean, I, I like Instagram. That's where I hang out. So um, Lucretia Berry on Instagram and Brownicity on Instagram. Um, and Brownicity, we have great uh, content creators, bloggers, essentially people who are committed to a learning journey. And then they essentially take what they're learning and share with our um, friends and followers. And so um, I, that's a great way to maintain a learning journey is to follow and read. <laughs> awesome. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Trisha. This is fun. I loved it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> what is God's grace and what does it mean for you? Grace is a word we've heard since the very first step in our faith journey. But do we really believe in God's grace? 
Dr. Andrew Farley's new book, The Grace Message, invites you to discover the best flavor of Christianity and celebrate the good news of the gospel to the fullest. Life's too short to miss out on God's best. Discover how big God's grace really is. for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.